Okay, so we should just get into this. Let's do it. Quick, quick. Oh. Hello and welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Sayla. And this is Kalina. And we are a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. And we are happy you guys are with us again. And I'm sorry, I have like graggly, groggly voice because I just woke up. <laughs> 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 and we're having a midday recording. I was just up late last night doing tons of homework and trying to get this class done. And Dan and I are off on our sleeping schedules because his work schedule is different now. So it's just like everything's crazy. And my entire brood is home right now. So if you guys hear any background noise, it's because my kids and my husband are here. So just ignore them. I do. It's very easy. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, it's not our normal recording day. So everything's a little bit off, but Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll go well. Yeah, I think so. Cool. So how are things? You got any updates? Anything? interesting um i am starting a four-day detox cleanse tomorrow so it's part of that whole food uh, hormonal balance system Uh plan that i was doing last year that i fucked up on out in the middle of the year um but that was working out really well for me and i really liked it so i'm gonna do this little detox kick to get started again and hopefully that'll help and then i'll be uh good <laughs> awesome <laughs> so we'll see i'll see how it goes that is awesome mm-hmm. cool well good luck with that thank you yeah okay you got a quickie i do i have a quickie so at a bar or a club what's your typical drink and let's pretend oh. you actually are drinking but okay you can answer two you can have two answers when you're actually gonna drink like alcohol real alcohol and then what you order when you aren't drinking which is always <laughs> which is always which is 99.9 infinity <laughs> times well, okay. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I know what they, the flavors taste like. So if I could have drinks and what I really enjoy drinking are the foo-foo drinks, I mm-hmm. guess. Do yeah. those count? Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah. What do you, what would you order? <laughs> I, I think I would, I think I, I mean, I love pina coladas because they just like, those are like my favorite because mm-hmm. they just, they're tasty and they're fruity. But I also think that I may like margaritas. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we were in Austin, yeah. remember that big ass margarita <laughs> thing that all four of us drank out of? Yes. That taste, it was really delicious, but obviously I'm a weakling when it comes to alcohol. It's my kryptonite. Yeah. So I think I would choose that. But like you said, my <laughs> my actual drink that I actually order when we are out is a Shirley Temple. Yeah. That's or it. iced tea, like those are <laughs> those are it. And if I could get coffee, I do, but I always get really bad looks from the the bartenders when I ask for coffee. They don't really <laughs> want to take the time to make coffee most no, of the and time. And I understand, but I just want coffee. <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm DD. Can you just give me coffee? Like coffee yeah. for the DDs. But there was one. This is completely random, but there was one time. It was a big holiday. It was like a, one of those drinky holidays weekends, and mm-hmm. I DD'd for a couple of friends all day like took them to multiple locations and everywhere i just got iced tea and i had to fucking pay for iced tea at every bar and i was like this is bullshit i was bullshit they <laughs> I was should like, always give the dd free drinks especially when it's something like iced tea which literally costs pennies to fucking make. <laughs> like and it's always things. like three dollars or four dollars yeah and i was just bar. so mad the whole time i was like are you fucking joking like the other people with me who i was DDing for were drinking like sure, yeah. and these were not cheap bars it was downtown so it was like you know downtown prices yeah and i just was like are you joking it's a holiday fucking weekend my iced tea should fucking be free 
Like everything <laughs> you know? should be, even if it's a Coke, give it to me for a free. Coke. I none of that costs money. Like no. if I started getting like real bougie and wanted like a Perrier or something, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Some it's, fancy yeah, sparkling water, sparkling if it's drink, I don't know. Then fine. Something a little. Yes, but a fucking iced tea or a Coke. No, that shit should be free for Didi. Whatever. That was I've that has stuck in my brain as an injustice for I think over a decade now. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think for the most part I've paid for mine too. It's I think it's very rare that I ever have gotten mine for free. I just think you know? that's shitty. Especially it when is. it's obvious like if there's a bunch of people not drinking, okay. Not all of them should always get it free. Obviously that they're not all Didi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if it's a whole group and one person is not abstaining, Count it's those pretty obvious, right? Yeah, count yeah. Those and drinks. they always know. And they always know because we're always a, in a group of a lot of people, mm-hmm. and everybody's out. They got beers, they've got shots, they've got mm-hmm. all sorts of shit. And there I am with my Shirley Temple, fucking free. I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> What's your go-to drink? So I kind of have two. It depends on the night. If it's just like a low-key night where I don't want to drink a lot, but I, mm-hmm. you know, want to have a drink, I always try to do like White Claw. That's my favorite. It's what I'm drinking right now as we talk. <laughs> it is. Um, even though it's kind of early in the day on a Sunday, but whatever. Nobody knows. I'm about to go into a detox next tomorrow, so Ooh, I'm gonna, I have to get let I have to drink all it. of the White Claws today. <laughs> get them out of the house no um <laughs> but then if it's like a night out like where i'm like i'm gonna go out and drink and you know dance and have fun i usually am drinking either like vodka soda or vodka cranberry i try not to drink too much because the cranberry sometimes they put a lot in and that's a lot of mm-hmm. sugar and juice mm-hmm. so but yeah vodka and soda and i like it i actually i like vodka cranberry too the mm-hmm. two or three times i've ever sipped it <laughs> It's delicious. That shit's good. It, yeah, I think it is very good. You know what? More than anything, though, I think I want to, I really wish that I could drink wine. Like, I want to have the margaritas mm-hmm. and the, you know, like those fun drinks and stuff. But I want to be able to just sit and enjoy wine. Like you and Emily do whenever we're together and it's just one of those wine nights. Mm-hmm. It's not the same when you just pour water into a glass of wine and here, guys, it's not water. <laughs> no, it's not the same. <laughs> But wine is, yeah, wine. I like wine. I like white wine, obviously, not red. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it occasionally. All right, cool. Okay, guys. So for this episode, we read Demon Huntress Love Me to Hell and Back by Elizabeth Mason. And this was a read book for us. We actually had to use our eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess we'll just get into it. I think I'm only going to be able to give like a kind of a quick clits notes on it because I don't want to. There's a lot of world building that happened. Yes. And obviously, I'm not going to try to world build the whole book for you guys. Mm-hmm. Read, I suggest. Also, to before we get going, I think this episode, I mean, all of our episodes are spoilers because we talk mm. about the whole book and even how they end. Yes. But this one has a big spoiler alert. I really want anyone who's super interested in reading the book to do that first before you listen to us because we're going to tell you something that you can't ever forget. (laughs) You're going to be like, God damn it. (laughs) Once you know it, you just know it. And it's a big, big piece for the end. It's very unusual for our books. So we want to give a heads up first. So don't listen if you really want to go get this book and read it if you haven't already, which would all of you should. Why are you here? (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to yell at you. But you go read the book first and then read come the join book. us again. It's a good book. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so in this book, we've got demons, hence the demon huntress title. <laughs> Maeve is, uh, she's been raised 
in this group whose name I've forgotten, but anyway. The DC. The, okay, that. Um, MC, no, MCU, not DC. There's two groups, and I don't know which one is which. Anyway, sorry, keep going. <laughs> Were they seriously named after the comic books? Did That's I miss that Marvel, the whole fucking time? Marvel Universe in DC. <laughs> I miss that entirely, you guys. No, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there's two groups. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's funny anyway so at a very young age i'm not exactly sure i want to say like six or seven she witnessed yeah, she yeah. witnessed her parents burned to death by demons which are also called jinn in this world mm-hmm. and since then she was found by this group whose name i'm not sure <laughs> and she was raised within the group and she you know kind of grew up to be a demon hunter and like to fight and kill them and send them back to hell she goes out one night with her best friend, Emmerich, who is also a prophet of the Lord. So he gets visions about the future and prophecy. And they go to hunt this djinn who he saw a vision about, even though he's not really keen on it. He says it's, the prophecy feels off, feels bad mm-hmm. somehow. And when they do, he gets infected by this virus from hell and is dying. And now she has to like try to save him. And the group she works for tries to put her on the sidelines. They're like, no, don't worry. We'll take care of it. Just go home. And she's like, like hell, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when have any of our strong female characters ever no. followed rules? <laughs> they are all exact. They are just 100% she's like, stubborn. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, and so oh, sorry, she- it's the DCU, not the MCU. Okay. <laughs> the DCU. Okay, good. I was feeling like, I was like, yeah. man, I feel like I'm going to cop that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's the DCU. There's another one that starts with an M, I think. But anyway. Anyway. So she decides she's going to try to figure this out. Meanwhile, Ezra is a hunter for a different organization. Mm-hmm. He has some weird backstory that he's very keen to not tell us very much about until middle of the book. <laughs> so we aren't quite sure. He doesn't seem human, but he's also not flagging off as demon. He doesn't like set off any of her demon. Uh, she has a tattoo that kind of flags when she's around the djinn and he doesn't set that off. So He's not a demon, but he's also not human, as far as we know yet. Mm-hmm. But they meet up. He's like, I can help your friend. I know how to help, but I need your help to do it because I got to get this book. There's this magical book. There's a big bad guy that has – what did he do? He did something. I forgot. <laughs> but his next step is going to be to try to get this book. And the, and, and the group that Ezra works for wants him to kill – What's the guy's name? Is it Levi? Levi. Yes, Levi. Levi. Uh, Wants him to kill Levi, um, even though Ezra had basically, we don't know this yet, but we find it out, had basically sold, he's gone to work for this group in order to save Levi so that no one will try to kill him. Yeah. Uh, Because turns out they're brothers. brother. (laughs) Levi is a bad guy, though. He is bad. And Ezra's supposed to be bad. Well. Right? He has the potential because- Okay, mm. here's one of the big spoilers. They're both sons of Satan. Yes. So <laughs> angels came down to earth and, and mated with women and had Nephilim, Nephilim offsprings. I like to say Nephilim, but I don't mm. know if, what the hell. What the hell I'm going to say, say Nephilim. That's fine. Okay. 
Um, and so the first two are Ezra and Levi, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. are Satan's two sons. And they grew up on Earth, and Levi kind of took a turn towards the more evil, and Ezra's been trying to be better. Yes. Anyway, so Maeve and Ezra hook up and try to, they've got this plan. They got to go meet this guy to figure out how to get this book. This book is, turns out, is in hell. Well, it's in Eden, which apparently Eden is in hell. <laughs> God was like, fuck, everything goes wrong in this place. I'm just going to send it straight to hell. Send it to hell. <laughs> we can't. Go down there. It's too dangerous. Can't have we it can't on Earth anymore. Here. <laughs> that fucking apple tree will get you. This place sucks. <laughs> So she's got, like, they got to go to hell. They got to get this book. And then they're going to use the book to make a cure to save Emmerich. Mm-hmm. And then also the book will have the How to Kill Levi in it. Um, so they both need the book. Yeah. Obviously, because we love the romance. This is a romance. And the whole time it's like, uh, will they, will they, how are they going to end up mm-hmm. hooking up kind of scenario? Because it's obvious that they have a kind of a thing for each other pretty quickly. Uh, she's usually pretty cold. She doesn't like being touched. She has a lot of trauma from her parents' death. And mm-hmm. one of them was she was physically, like, held and forced to watch them burn alive by yeah. a djinn. So she has a lot of residual problems with touch. And when people touch her unexpectedly, she kind of, like, freaks out and punches them and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she totally does. She does. <laughs> But she doesn't react that way when Ezra touches her. She starts to, like, enjoy his touch. And she's kind of looking forward to it. And, you know, Ezra's got a bunch of baggage shit because he was married at one point And his brother Levi turned his wife against him and, like, made her all power hungry. And, and yeah. uh, I don't know. Not great. Anyway, so they all have issues. <laughs> <That's> really, <laughs> like, that's such an understatement for these two characters. They are all Oh, my issues. God. They're both a fucking mess. <laughs> that's all they are is their issues. And... Uh, they end up fucking because Ooh, we mm-hmm. want them to, and it's they great. Do. They do. The Turns body. out because Ezra is Satan's son, he just can't. He can't go to hell. Um, Maeve has to go to hell alone. Her spirit's not strong enough because she has all this dra- trauma in her past, and she hasn't dealt with it properly. She hasn't mm-hmm. appropriately like. She hasn't had enough therapy. Is she what I'm needs coming to up go with. see someone. <laughs> she needs some fucking therapy. <laughs> she does. She, she could use some help. Um, and so they do a soul bonding, spiritual bonding thing in order for his strong spirit, which cannot be hurt or injured, to help prop hers up because she has to go to hell alone. It's essentially a spiritual walkie-talkie yeah. that they have to install yeah. into her body. <laughs> and then it gives them access to each other's feelings and emotions yeah, and thoughts. Like- for, and they were both so hesitant about it. Forever. Okay, about <laughs> Lifetime. Anyway, yes. she goes down to hell. She fights some shit down there. He's trying to talk to her. She defeats some demons. And then at one point, she's like dying because she's, mm. I don't remember. There's a tunnel. It's a thing and a thing. Anyway, <laughs> back on Earth, Ezra's like, shit, she's dying. They don't have a way of helping her or getting her back. And in fact, no one has ever returned from hell when they've done this ritual. No. Bones, the guy who does the ritual, is like, yeah, I do this a lot, but no one ever comes back. And I'm like, well, that feels extreme. <laughs> you know, 0% efficacy rate. <laughs> Zero success. <laughs> they all That's get it. to hell. You're right. 100% efficacy rate, 0% success rate. No one comes back. <laughs> so Cool. Sign me up. Yeah, please. Can I go? No. No, thank you. Um, so Ezra 
what he like sends all of his spirit to her in hell and he dies yeah he does <laughs> we've never our had a book two, one half of our main characters is <laughs> dead guys we've never not had it happily ever after like i mean we've had some that aren't true happily ever after but we've never had them where somebody's Dude, dead it's none crazy. of our characters that matter we've had some die but come series. back <laughs> sure no or like self-sacrifice no. like the very first mm-hmm. book um madison kills herself for maddox or ashley kills it. ashlyn ashlyn kills ashlyn herself, killed for, herself for, for maddox but then she comes back yes Anyway, yes. Um, so there's been self sacrifice, but she usually they return within the same book, but yeah, not they're in gifted. this book. They're like, hey, because she's so she she successfully gets that. the book. She gets down there. Yep. She's happy, or she comes back. Oh no, Ezra's dead. Then the book gets stolen from her, but she does get the cure for Emmerich. The mm-hmm. Levi does show up and steal the book, but he leaves her the cure so she can cure the prophet which i was confused about yeah that felt like nice in a way that he didn't need to be <laughs> unless he's he needs the prophet for something later on so it he could needs be. him alive it could you know? be because it does feel un- like he could just be like yeah fuck you i got the book <laughs> exactly i feel like that's an ezra move it, yeah ezra's an asshole he yeah. really is yeah but ezra is ezra he you know but he's not he, evil. He, he's not evil. And he, you know, and he loves Maeve. He does. So I could see him doing that, saying, here, go fix your friend, but I got to go deal with my brother. But Levi did that. And so Levi I was I was that. confused that by was, that. That was interesting. Yeah. You know, at the so then this book just ends. Like, she's she fixes Emmerich. Emmerich survived. And now they got to figure out how to handle the Levi situation. And Ezra's dead. Or is he? Dude. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, dun dun dun. It's cliffhanger of the fucking year, you guys. We haven't had anything like this before. And it is. Literally, you get to the very end of the book and there's nothing more to read and you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh. There was definitely like a like, wait, wait. It says 99%. Wait. And I uh, it's what? been a long time since they've had a book like this especially we, like you know it happens in other books well, but nothing we read for this podcast no, and i was just like nothing oh. we read here and then yeah. i went to her website and i don't see a any kind of heads up or information about the next book about part two <laughs> part two <laughs> and Which- i'm like mm. <laughs> elizabeth uh got a question Ooh. When is part two happening? When are we? Can, when can we expect the rest of the story? So I, I know can't hang on this cliff for too long. What what happens? <laughs> it's good. I think it's a good way to capture your audience and make them. It's unexpected. You know, want to come back? Sure. Well, and yeah. especially in this type in this genre of books, right? Mm-hmm. Because once the relationship happens, obviously that's the happily ever after. That's what we want to hear. And it's all good. But this one, no. You got to fucking come back for book two. You have to. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. He's That's dead. it. Yep. Yeah. But. Mm. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. What if Maeve secretly turns Levi into a good guy and they fall in love and then Ezra comes back somehow and then he's like, fuck you, Levi. And then he really does kill Levi for taking Maeve instead of the reason why he's supposed to kill him. Sorry, I just wrote my own plot. In you my did. Head. You just created a whole new book. <laughs> I, I actually would be down for that story. Not that whole one. I don't like your ending, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you I want do, them both to live? I, well, no. <laughs> I don't know what I want. Now I don't know. But I do think that would be an interesting 
twist. Levi falling in love with her. Levi, because it already seems like he has a real issue with the women in Ezra's life. Because Levi's the reason Ezra's so fucked up about women, because Ezra's a mess, you guys. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of our alpha males are real, like, jerks. A lot of these books have, like, strong, jerky males that, you know, just... It's just a masculine, it's this masculine effect. But he... Uh, But he's got some hang-up baggage problems from Sky that really... He says some things that are straight-up misogynistic. He does some things to... I mean, he's physically grabbed her before. Like, it's it's a little rough at some parts of these books, but... It's a little tough. He has, like, one sentence. Let me find it. Because it was... I was like, whoa, buddy. (laughs) 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 Is that what we want to say? I'll, it's gonna take me a bit, so just keep talking, and then I will try to find. It. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're looking for that, I think the point, because obviously, as Kalina said in her clits notes, they do end up having sex, but it was like almost immediately afterwards where he, uh, they had gotten to a little argument or whatever. She's trying to train, and he, he's trying to train her so that she'd be prepared to go down to hell. <laughs> and, and at some point, he like gets mad at her and grabs her by her hair and yanks her head back. And says something totally mean after they'd boned for the first time. And she was a virgin, guys. And then, like, drops her hair and lets her go. Like, walks away. I'm like, that's assault! He just assaulted her. And I don't... I had a really hard time reading that book. Or that part of the book. Yeah. Ezra flipped on the dime a lot. Yeah, he he had a lot of, like... He did. Because he was struggling. So, Mm -hmm. he... He needs therapy. He was married to Skye. As a, he also needs therapy. Basically, this whole world needs some therapy. That's <laughs> what, what we're going to discover. And I didn't get a lot from that story other than that he just like loved Sky and she was nice. And then she and wanted to betrayed him. She wanted him to kill her own father. So her father was the chief or head of the Viking clan that was taking over England or something like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she wanted Ezra to kill him and become the chief. Yeah. And I was like, you're already <laughs> the chief's daughter. <laughs> like, how much more power could you need or want, lady? Like, that's mm-hmm. intense. But anyway, at one point, he goes, he's talking about Sky. He's talking about Maeve and, and, and why he doesn't want a relationship anymore, why he doesn't trust women. And he's like, she would lose her purity like the rest of the women in this world. She would become greedy yes. and careless like Sky. And I was just like, whoa, oh, buddy. Hold on. <laughs> You had one bad relationship <laughs> a couple thousand years ago. Uh, not all women are like that. Uh, yeah, way to make Mother Teresa look bad. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she wasn't that way. Yeah, that 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 line was just like, ooh, yikes. Yeah, so he has some issues that he needs to work through, and and he doesn't do it very well because he goes like it, all of the timeline on this is very short, and he does. He goes from sleeping yeah. with her, and he's really like she can. F- they're bonded so she can yeah. feel his love and his appreciation and then like later like a scene later he's pissy because he got too close to her and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to feel the things he's feeling so he pushes her away with like you said he like blocks pulling her it. he blocks her and then he pulls her like he, yeah he grabs her hair and says those nasty things to her because he's trying to make her i think leave him voluntarily like like it's not easier for her to leave than for him to leave and right so- although he's doing it at the perfectly worst possible time because she's about to go to hell and she needs to be like built six minutes up. before she has to go into hell it's like and instead he's like bitch i didn't even love you what Fuck i know you. or like sleeping with you was a mistake and i was Ooh, like oh that was it yeah gut punch. sleeping you was a mistake gut punch. and yeah 
<laughs> but um, oh, then man. literally like hours later, he chooses to die for her. And I was like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Whiplash, man. <laughs> you got to figure your own self out. Because uh, I could not wrap my head around him. So no, obviously, I that'll be part of the next book. Like he's got to come back somehow, right? Because he's not dead, right? No, of no, course. Well, I... Right? Yeah. He's got to come back. Somehow. Right? There's a there there unless Elizabeth is like done fuck you all. <laughs> you don't get booked too. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hope not, but <laughs> But yeah, like I think that's got to be his arc. He's got to come back and he's got to reconcile those emotions within himself and figure out that the pain caused by one is not indicative of a whole. Like blaming yeah. an entire <laughs> half of the species, all women, for the actions of one is not really fair. <laughs> and time heals. It, it should. Or at least it should, right? It should. It should. Heal. So, and so like a couple thousand years. Over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and people evolve, you know. So absolutely. I mean, <laughs> There's a lot that he could have grown with, too. So, yeah, there was definitely some points in this book where I was like, I can't. I just can't handle this dude. I, I don't know if I... That's why I'm almost kind of like Team Levi, because I don't know dick about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying to bring on Armageddon. And at the end I of mean, the book, we like are in World guy. War Three, So I'm going to yeah. go with oh. not Team Levi, personally. <laughs> How fucking real was that for you when you read that line? Yeah, that was a little intense, considering in our timeline, uh, Russia just invaded Ukraine. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) When I finished that book, I think Russia really literally had just invaded the Ukraine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a little... my heart dropped into my butt. I was like, oh, my God. World... It was was too real world, for sure. A little bit. So they both have issues, and they both need therapy. It's really where we're drawing from this book. Yeah. But I think what it's time (laughs) to talk about is the sex scene. Because it was an intense... Like, it it spanned two chapters, you guys. It was long. (laughs) It was so long. It started in one, and then a chapter break, and was finished in another chapter Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god so they are definitely like teasing each other back and forth for a lot of this book they're taking their like sideways glances looking at each other like yeah he's pretty hot oh she's wearing all leather or i guess not true leather some weird non-leather thing but whatever essentially um also just a side note like kind of tangential to this conversation the cover for this book is hot as hell oh i like the picture of her yeah it's fucking gorgeous it's a gorgeous cover it's really cool and i love like i know a lot of these books you know most of our romances are written for women and so a lot of the covers have just like the ripped men on them abs and which is fine and i then they're gonna turn down a hot dude but a really beautifully posed woman mm-hmm. who's going to be the main character. Like, there's something about that that's really sexy. Oh, yeah. So, no, I love not it. every book has to just have a hot naked dude on front. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know what they were doing, but whatever. They, they're they like teasing <laughs> each other back and forth. They're kind of like building to this. At one point, they start kissing and then he pushes her away. And he's like, I don't like you like that. And he walks away. And I was like, oh, my God, you're such an asshole, dude. Oh, my Jeez, this is just like 180 every fucking turn. And at, at this point, we already know, we know that Maeve is still a virgin. Because like I said, she had that issue with mm-hmm. touch where she just doesn't let people touch her. Yeah. That's going to be a little bit challenging on the having a relationship, having sex kind of front. Because <laughs> touch is kind of integral mm. to that. 
So she's never gone there, and that's fine. You know, I don't know how mm-hmm. old she is, what we're thinking, mid-20s? Yeah, I think early. Or even early, early 20s. 20s. I would say early, yeah. Yeah, we know that she is unexperienced in the bedroom, and he's all like, no, I don't like you like that. And I'm like, god damn, this boot fucking sucks. <laughs> um, but after the, the spiritual bonding... Because they just really, like, they did fight it a little bit, but then they just jumped right in. And I was like, that's an intense thing to do. <laughs> it did. They, like, really, really quickly. I think it might have been, like, they were probably recognizing her demise. <laughs> right? <laughs> With 0% success rate and, uh, you know, <laughs> getting into, or getting out of hell. Yeah, she was you know? going to die. Maybe it was subliminal. They've known each other, like, literally two days at this point. And yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's bond our souls together and forever. And I'm like, oh. the whole time. Yeah. I don't. Fought the whole time. And then bonded them. <laughs> themselves forever the rest of their lives forever huh <laughs> that feels intense <laughs> uh. <laughs> hello. Hello. but they like i don't know they end up in her room and they're kissing and he's like can you handle this and she's like yes i want this and whatever and then he goes down on her for like what is half a chapter and it is one of the best oral scenes it's very very good very detailed Oh my god. Find it. I just reread it right before this episode because I wanted to dive back in before we talked about it because it was intense and I fucking loved it. I loved his usually, well, I can't tell. I'm going to say usually as if I remember, but that's not true. Um, I feel like in a lot of our books, we get that scene from her perspective, from the woman's perspective. Yeah. But it, it's the first part of it and the part where he is going down on her is all from him. And it's just his complete and total appreciation of her and her body. And I just, it was so wonderful to read. Yes. I agree 100% with that. I love the man's perspective of pleasuring their woman. Yes. It, like, it's so, the context is so different. Like, or the, like, the emotion, the feeling that you get from it, from mm-hmm. reading it. Because you're getting their understanding, their feeling, how they're experiencing it. You already know as a woman what it feels like, right? Yeah. But as a man, like, what's going through their mind? And I mean, he was, and he wasn't talking, so we, we didn't have the, you know, issue where sometimes we don't like to hear <laughs> the things. The things are not what we want to hear. Yeah. But it was all in his head, his appreciation. So it was like her scent and her mm-hmm. wetness and her beauty. And it was just... It was so fucking hot to read because, like, I mean, he used his nose and his lips and his mouth and his fingers, and it was all just, like, appreciative about mm-hmm. the beauty that is the cunt. <laughs> yes. Really yeah, is. and he, the way that uh, Elizabeth wrote it out was very detailed. You guys have to, you'll know exactly, well, I guess that was the only, I don't know if he did that same for her in, in hell, but. I can't remember the hell one. I definitely yeah. remember this one, though. <laughs> no, this this first one was, was better. The hell one was hard because it was like, it was time limited. And they were like dying, and I was and really they, concerned she, well, he, more about the death issue than about them dying. having sex again. Well, right, she was she already was dying. like dying on the dead. brink of death, and he was dead. Well, so. he was dying. He was dying by sending his spirit dying? to her. They were both. It was intense, and I was like, was. I know I like sex, but I think maybe now's not the time. <laughs> I was the ticking <laughs> clock was getting to me during that second scene, but yes. no, the first scene because we don't have that clock, so we get to take the time mm-hmm. and really be in the scene with the two of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And fuck, I love the descriptive words that you know, like I love it when you get fingers or digits, flesh, slit, lips. I don't know. I love those descriptive. It was 
It was it, hot as hell. Yeah, you get it, and you get it from his perspective. So that's just like you know, imagine somebody like explaining that scenario mm. when they've done that to you. It's like okay. You've just gone down on me. Now write me a story. Right? Tell me how it was. <laughs> right? It was so good. Yeah. And then, it, you know, like, finally he's like, I can't. Like, she comes and he's so, they're so connected with this bond that he I, he thinks that maybe he came to. He didn't. But he's like, holy shit, did I just like, orgasm? Did I, did I just in my pants? And he didn't. Just- <laughs> but he's like, that was intense because he can feel her. Mm-hmm. you know pleasure through the bond that's between the two of them and so then yeah then he's ready he's like let's do this and that's when pants off as he's entering he's like holy shit you're a virgin and i was like your fingers didn't feel that <laughs> <laughs> your fingers he had, were he had three in there at one point i was pretty sure he did feel it but he was opening her up slowly and but no so then they have to have a whole sidebar conversation because he's ready to walk the fuck away at this point because he's like no yeah, no, no i don't want to do that you're a virgin and she's like uh fuck you asshole <laughs> like i have problems the thing. with touch come back <laughs> i'm here i'm exposed uh, you just made me orgasm Obviously, I'm ready for this next step of my life not to be a virgin anymore. I am I, I am giving you permission. And not even that. He's literally hearing her thoughts. And her thoughts are, yes. fuck me, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were. I am ready. I need him inside I of me. I want him inside me. I need uh, you inside me. Fuck me, Ezra. Those are her thoughts. Yes. So, so buddy. The whole time. That's her internal monologue is saying, come fuck me. Don't stop fucking her. Don't don't stop fucking Also, don't you, make an you, issue out of a social issue. Like Right. It's just to- totally. Don't make an issue out of it. It's, it's you've got the consent. She's ready to go. You want to do this. And if you want to have that in the back of your mind, then you know that maybe now you know how to handle the situation a little bit better than if you just like. If yeah, I mean, you got to, you, know? you know, now that you're going to have to push through and then yeah. pause because she's going to yes. have a, a reaction to that. There's going to be a little bit of pain. But then and you can move, move forward, forward once everything yeah. adjusts because it does. It adjusts. Think, it's fine. Think about the guy that she would actually give it up to. Maybe he's not as nice. Maybe he doesn't care about her being, a, you know, think about that. You know this now. You actually do care for her as much as you're denying it to yourself. So yeah. take care of her in the good way that you know that you can. I mean, it's all in his own hang up. Yes. Because he's like, she deserves better. She shouldn't be with some asshole like me. Mm-hmm. She deserves someone who can, pres- you know, cherish her and treat her as precious. And I'm just like... She's in bed with you. Just fuck her. <laughs> She's choosing you and giving you the go. It's good. Like, just just get out of your head, Ezra. <laughs> Let it all go. <laughs> but anyway, he does eventually. They talk through it. And this is the like, other part that I really love because he's constantly like flipping her back and forth. Like, yes, at one point she does. climbs on his lap because she's just like, dude, feel how ready I am for this. Yes. Like, can yeah. we just do this already? And then he like throws her down on her stomach and is like yeah, leaving he, like, behind her. He and then left he- the room and she follows him. No. No? No. I thought she went to his room. Okay. No. Well, maybe. I didn't catch that. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're still in her room. Okay. But then he's, he just keeps flipping her back and forth on the bed and he putting does. her in different positions. And I'm just like, that's, you know, the stuff of these books that I just love. The kind of. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, because uh-huh, uh-huh. it never actually works out that easily in reality, like in, in no. real life, because like I you try to flip me over and I'm going to kick you in the face accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you are someone, someone's catching a fucking elbow to the <laughs> knee. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, so, no, no. It's not going to be sexy and pretty the way the book no. makes it sound. <laughs> it's going to no. be a lot of like, whoa, my hair just got stuck in my face and now I can't see or breathe. <laughs> I imagine it a lot to be like when Dan and I are dancing on the dance floor and I'm supposed to follow his moves and I'm like, mm, nope, sorry. <laughs> So if he turns me one way, my natural instinct is to go against it. <laughs> so, You're like, no. I like, and it just looks like we're like dance fighting. Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same in the bedroom. Yeah, it's not easy. Also, it's I'm not. not easy. I mean, I'm short, but that doesn't mean I'm easy to flip. You know? So no, it's like, you can't just throw me around very quickly. No. It's not that easy. Although I have been bounced off of a bed in a nice, <laughs> <cute> and sexy. <laughs> You know, the cute, uh, sexy shit only works out really well in books. Mm-hmm. It's not as good in reality. It's not, at least not for us. <laughs> but I still love reading it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was definitely fun. So, but yeah, that moment was all enjoyable. It was really good. Recommend it. Keep reading it. Clean has read it seven times. Um. <laughs> I think just three guys. <laughs> but I do have the beginning of it tagged so I can get back to it whenever I want. Well, there was lots of uh, nipple play. Where I think that, like, uh, you know, we need to get to our kiss and tell because it comes mm-hmm. out of this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially the other scenes. I don't remember. But I know it definitely happens in this scene. So in the beginning when he's just going down on her, just like it's, I say that. You know. It's like the it's most important part. So casual. <laughs> Like, really early into it, he takes her clit in his teeth and he bites it. Yeah. I'm assuming gently. But he also does that to her nipples frequently throughout the ep- mm-hmm. uh, throughout the scene. And I think we just need to discuss that. I know everyone has their different layers or levels in nipple play and stuff. But how do you feel about biting? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had anybody, like, really bite down on any, like, in my clit or my nipple. Oh, okay. Like, bite down. Mm-hmm. To where they want to cause a little bit of pain for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I've had the teeth grazing and things like that and the sucking and the, like, all of the normal stuff. But I don't really think that I've ever had anybody bite down on it. I, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think it's ever happened. Mm. But um, I do have to say, though, that prior to my pregnancy, I didn't like nipple stimulation. It made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like it. And then I got pregnant and I wanted to, like, fuck all the time. I was the horniest <laughs> pregnant person. And that included, like, nipple stimulation. I really wanted to be touched just all the time. Mm-hmm. And then so then after I gave birth, and like now, I like it now. Now mm-hmm. I want to be played. I want it to be touched. I do I do like it. So it's like pregnancy changed my body chemistry or something. But sure. before I mean I it fucking does. I mean it fucks <laughs> you up. Pregnancy really messes up your body. It's a whole um, thing. It's a whole thing. So but I think that that part of it stayed. Okay. Where I'm just like, that's that's a good foreplay for me. I like to be touched. I like my butt padded more than anything, because it's just I don't know. I like I, I like, love that. I love that. At one point my he smacks rubbed. her ass and I just yes. I'm like, yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, love I like that, that attention to my tushy. But yeah, so now I'm all for it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll... I have... I think I have like uber sensitive nipples. Mine, the, the line between like to pain is super early on my nipples. So like a oh, little yeah. bit of a, like a gentle kiss or a lick is fine. But they go to hurt real fast. And so I do not like a lot of attention on them, which is hard to convey. And I usually sure. end up just like covering them. And then the <laughs> guy's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, no, no. 
awesome. <laughs> I just kind of like move my hands in front of their face and I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, or you're just like smacking the top of their head like very lightly. You're like, no, go, go, let go, let go. No, no, no. I just literally put my hands in front of them and cover uh, them up. I'm like, even like if their mouth is right there, I'm like, nope. <laughs> oh my God, that is awesome. Um, because they Road hurt. Block. It doesn't, and it's not. It doesn't. It's not that like sexy hurt. It is like sensitive pain, like uh-huh. hurt. So yeah, yeah. I do not like them, and have had them bit, and I do not appreciate it. I've never had my clip bit. That fa- that feels rough. Like I don't know. We'll have to see someday, maybe. But <laughs> hmm. I imagine it to be like. I mean, women. I think I'm bigger their body could- parts there. You know, I so. like it stimulated for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit concerned about teeth down there just because of how like anything introduced to that area can cause, you know, can fuck up the pH. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> your pH balance. <laughs> so I'm like, your teeth better be clean if you're going to go down there and mm-hmm. bite me. <laughs> Everything better be clean while Every, you're down there. Anything down there better Whatever. be clean. Your hands better be washed. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I've ended up with a yeast infection afterwards. I've been like, God damn, your dirty ass hands. (laughs) Coochie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, thank you. So, yeah, I mean, even now just talking about it, my nipples hurt. Also, I keep holding them. (laughs) You do. You keep putting your hands up towards that. You're literally holding your boobs right now. (laughs) I'm like, no, my nipples. Leave them alone. So, I don't know. I just, yeah, they're not, it's not my favorite thing. It doesn't. It doesn't make me hotter or like Ooh, help okay. much. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to, I try to work through it because I'm not, you know, I know that they're boobs. Guys sure. like boobs. They do. <laughs> and you've got plenty. I'm like got you, you've got so much boobs. Boob. I don't, I barely have any. I it's can, a lot of boob. I could see the temptation there. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about oral sex like for me like if somebody goes down on me i'm not into it and i just don't know if i've had it good enough to where i keep wanting it mm. so maybe you just have to find the guy who can pick your maybe the right way perhaps know? that's true yeah experiment and just play and be like all right <laughs> and just you know take a tally in your black book <laughs> <laughs> check check mark no for this dude mm. But cool. yeah. So as we kind of mentioned in this book, especially, well, they both, they both need a lot of therapy because <laughs> they're both hung up mm-hmm. on shit. But like Elizabeth, or not Elizabeth, she's the writer. Um, <laughs> Maeve has this hang up about her parents' death and she's constantly blaming herself for it. And then she blames herself for this thing that's happened to Emmerich, which actually kind of is her fault, just side yeah. note. But that one is. <laughs> she keeps running off in these like directions to try to fix things, but she's also not willing... At the beginning, to face her past and then actually, like, forgive herself. That's part Mm -hmm. of, like, the whole arc for her is in order to, like, strengthen her spirit and her soul before she goes to hell, everyone around her is trying to tell her to forgive herself for the death of her parents because she's holding it as if it was personally her fault, which, you know, she was a child. She was six. (laughs) But it's part of the psychology for her is like that you know she should have they died for her so she can't get over it Mm -hmm. and she actually says at one point no i'll never forgive myself forgiveness equals forgetting and she can't (laughs) you know she doesn't want to forget that her parents died for her so she can't forgive herself and i'm just like oh that is that is a whole bunch of stuff she needs to unbox that's (laughs) yeah and i was a misunderstanding of that i think yeah 
it is mis it's it's kind of misinterpreted like that she had any kind of control to mm-hmm. to handle the situation differently. I mean, it turns out the whole thing is some kind of prophesized yeah. event anyway because that act by Levi Levi is the one who killed her parents. Um, oh, that's why she's not going to end up with Levi. Duh. <laughs> We forgot. Oh, look there's at no, that. I totally forgot. There's about no that. way she can rehab him because he killed her parents. You're right. Harry wouldn't date Voldemort. No. I get it. I get it. All right. But anyway, that act set her up to be this prophesized. Um, I forgot the the name for it, but this thing that's going to end up being the downfall yeah, of yeah. Levi mm-hmm. because. He's created, you know, they died for her. They sacrificed, like, the sacrifice of the parent for the child. You know, exactly like you said, the Harry Potter syndrome. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is. <laughs> Which protects the child and, and, mm-hmm. and allows them to grow up and be the downfall of the, the big bad. So, anyway, there's nothing she really could have done. It, it was part of, like, her own destiny and her, her the path she has to walk. But while reading it, I was kind of struggling sometimes with her attitude, especially at the beginning, because I was just like, "Get you were six, get over it, get over it. But mm-hmm. I, then I remembered, like, right before this book, I read, another, I was, well, simultaneously, because I read multiple books at the same time. <laughs> but I was reading the second Julia Quinn book in the Bridgerton series, because mm-hmm. the Netflix Bridgerton season two, season two is, gonna... is about to come out mm-hmm. for us. I think it's already out for you guys. And I wanted to read the book before watching the show because the first season I read, the f- I watched season one first you did and, then, reverse. and then read yeah. the book because I'd, I'd never been into Regency era books. So I didn't really want to read it. But once I saw the book or saw the show, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm reading these books. <laughs> but anyway, so I read the second one. And in it, Anthony, this is also a spoiler for a completely different book. But anyway, in it, Anthony struggles for the whole book with he's lost his father at a young age, like in his late teens or something, and is convinced that he'll never live longer than his dad Uh that he's gonna die around the same age that his dad died because he can't surpass his dad in any way and this like hangs him up for like the whole book and i just was like this is the stupidest thing i've ever (laughs) heard and i was really like i couldn't understand the character i just couldn't empathize with him in that that idea right and at the end of the book julia had a whole section where she's like i know that this is a you know understanding that is a struggle for women in particular but it is a real psychological phenomenon for men especially men who have a good relationship with a father who then passes young they really do become kind of obsessed with that age and like that that will be when they die and it's yeah. real and she wanted to put it into her character and she knew that a lot of her readers, mostly women, would struggle to understand that, but it's it's a true psychological phenomenon. And I, after that, I was like, okay, I have to reevaluate how I interact with some of these characters when they have a thing that I can't empathize with. Because to me, it's completely ludicrous to be convinced you're going to die at the same time as anyone else. Sure. Because somebody yeah. else died. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and in Maeve's case, she keeps blaming herself over and, and yeah, over and over. And, like, Maeve blaming herself for her parents' death, I was just like, get up. Like, but, of course, you, obviously, I yes. didn't traumatically watch my parents burn to death as a child. Sure. But still, it felt like I was like, I just need you to get over this because this doesn't seem like something you should be carrying. Like, I get the impulse to carry the trauma, mm-hmm. but to the blame was really tough for me to empathize with. Yeah. For a lot of the book. And then as she started to work through it, because she did eventually, she did have to forgive herself. And she Mm -hmm. met, like, in the, when she was in hell, she had a whole, like, flashback to the scene that happened. And she got to see, witness it again and see her parents. And she kind of had a, a, you know, moment where she got to understand, like, they sacrificed for her. But she doesn't have to carry that guilt, but she should, she can still 
you know, make sure they didn't die in vain mm-hmm. by living better, by like getting past this and living like dropping. Living. And living. Living. <laughs> living. That's the point is you yeah. have to live. So mm-hmm. I'm just working on that with when I read books, because sometimes, you know, not every character is going to be their their struggle is not our struggle. Right. Right. We haven't been in these positions. We haven't been in these, you know, had these experiences that these characters have had. And it's sometimes it is tough to empathize with some of the things that they're going through because you just haven't lived it. You don't and, understand it. And yeah. it is it is it takes like stepping back a minute to go, OK, like I might not understand why she would keep you know even into her 20s hold this over her own head i Mm -hmm. i would actually understand better her self-blame over the emmerich situation because she totally did that (laughs) yeah that one was 100 percent her pig pushed him into going on that hunt Mm -hmm. that he didn't want to go on and now he's dying so yeah that one is on you (laughs) let's live guilty about that and she is living with that she She now has to go to hell for that one so she is literally it's so true but anyway i really appreciated julia at the end of that book kind of highlighting that and how she knows it would be hard for readers to empathize with that particular issue but it is real and so she wanted to write that character that way so i have to like i I tried to do that in this book when i was reading because at first i was a little bit like come on Maeve, get on yeah you (laughs) could take that perspective and put it into understanding how Maeve is doing here and i think Somebody needs to tell, like, well, I guess not anymore because she's gotten, you know, she's working through it. But in the beginning, that that situation was a lose-lose situation. It's harder to be the person that's alive that's going through it, right? Because you're the one that's alive going through it. But imagine it being reversed. Right. Imagine it being reversed and parents have lost their six-year-old. Absolutely. They They, they let her get killed instead of them no fucking way that'll never fucking happen parents don't do that no so and and in that case all three of them are dead because then they're just shells or like you know maybe they kill themselves out i don't know you know yeah so someone should have told her that too like the reason why you're here still is there's reason why you're still here well at the end of the day i have a lot of questions for the agency she grew up in because if Mm. you find a six-year-old in the remnants of a house having just watched (laughs) her parents burned to death by demons, Mm -hmm. you get that six-year-old therapy. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. And I don't get the sense that anybody in her life, Sal or that doctor wizard dude, Mm -mm. I don't feel as if any of them got her therapy. (laughs) No, I I agree. I feel like they were just like, all right, we have to almost reprogram her because the Sal at least knew what she was supposed to be, right? Right, I think so. Because he's an angel, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, you know, she doesn't find this out until like the end of the book. He knows that she's there for a specific reason, but he does. He never explains that to her throughout the whole time that they know each other. But they yeah. had to program her to be this this fighter, you know, this uh, demon hunter. But they never gave her the emotional the tools, tools, yeah, that she needed to get over her trauma. <laughs> but maybe or to they, work through her trauma. Maybe they didn't want her to, because their fear oh. was if they fixed her emotionally they would she to. not be this as yeah she wouldn't have the tool fight in her. this tool to to end up fighting against levi in the end oh yeah that's fucked up i'd be super that pissed is. at them well I'd be like mm. that's dumbledore for you <laughs> it is <laughs> fucking saying. dumbledore that's exactly <laughs> Because he totally didn't help Harry. He'd let him be. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Oh, man. 
but it is a nice thing. I think that's a really good awareness. I love that Julia put that at the end of her book and said, look, this is why I write this kind of stuff. This is why I'm writing it for this particular, you know, I'm taking this this type of a, I guess, trope. And and you know what? I do have to agree with that because I live with it here. Dan sees his demise all the time and it's, you know, uh, he hasn't lost his dad, but. Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always trying to leave me. I don't know. Not for other women, but no. <laughs> to go to Eden, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so, all well, right. Cool. So, yeah. Well, that's that's the book for you guys. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Demon Huntress, Love Me to Helen back. Hopefully the first in what I assume will be at least two. <laughs> We're uh, hanging on, guys. Because <laughs> we got to get the ending here. For our fun fuck facts. So initially at one point we had been in contact with Elizabeth to do hopefully some kind of interview or a little bit of, you know, with her for the podcast. It just didn't end up working out, which that happens. Um, Mm -hmm. But we do want to encourage everyone to read her book and to go to her website. So that's going to be our fun fuck fact this week is just going to be, well, let me hit the mic a bunch of times. Sorry, guys. This is <laughs> this is the floor we normally would have given our authors yeah, to, to like, promote themselves. You know, to follow her on all the social media. Her website is elizabethmasonbooks.com. And from there, you'll be able to find her Facebook author, Elizabeth Mason, and her Instagram author underscore or under whatever. Yeah, under underscore. Eliz Mason. <laughs> Is Instagram. So anyway, yeah, we just, you know, encourage everyone to go and find her there. Follow her for the next book in this series so we can all know what happens to how they avert the apocalypse. Yeah. All right. Cool. So it's time, I think, to rate the book. Yes. So we do sex Mm -hmm. and then book on this. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Yep. All right. One, two, three, nine, six. six. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah, I always have a little bit of a problem with the the moment that I don't know when Ezra walked away because she was still a virgin and he didn't want to follow through with that. Yeah, that um, the sex was good. The sex was amazing. It was descriptive and it was beautiful and sexy as hell. It was it was very squishy, but I don't like that. It, it's it, for me. It's the woman is giving you her consent and and then you say no. You're also taking away her agency a little bit, and it's like. She's she's there and she's ready. So I just had a little bit of a trouble with that. I did have a really hard time reading this book, but that's because it's me and I have a hard time physically reading books, <laughs> you know, and I yeah. did up until the moment you did explain the psychological, what, what am I trying to say? Yeah. I know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> With how, uh, and that actually under, understand how Maeve is as a person. So that's a little bit easier because, honestly, I still don't really like Ezra. He's not one of my favorite men. I think he was way too aggressive. There was a point where he fucking grabbed bones by the throat and broke his nose. Like, that was so way too much for me. He's way too much for me. <laughs> but I'm really glad that you explained Maeve in that way. And I understand her character a lot more. Yeah. Ezra was tough. His back and forth bits were really hard to get a hold of. And I was just like, okay, buddy. Oh, I wanted him to kind of work through his pieces a little bit more. Um, yeah. But he, in the end, he sacrificed himself for her. He so did. we'll have to see how he comes out the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm excited to, to read that. So, um, yeah, that's all of us for this book. We strongly yeah. recommend it. And if you didn't follow through with my spoiler alert, now you know. Now you so, know. oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we warned you. It we was at the you. very beginning. 
And we will be back in two weeks with our next book, um, which we're going into May. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. We're going into May, which is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Right. Mm-hmm. AAPI. Mm-hmm. Yep. History slash heritage. And so in order to kind of celebrate that, we've got all Asian authors for the next two books that'll come out in May. And the first one will be Jade Fire Gold by June C. Tan. Narrated by Natalie Nodders and Kevin Shen. Good. I did not have that down. So I'm glad you (laughs) knew what to say next because I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I saw the blink look on your face, which I never get. (laughs) I was like, "Uh oh. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, join us in two weeks for that. And in the meantime, time we hope you uh reach out to us on social media you can find us at Shh dirty books on instagram facebook twitter um and that is Shh dirty books with three h's or you can email us directly at dirtybooks at gmail.com and you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts thank you jim Towson, for your music and with that we're gonna say good night this is saylet and this is kalina and we'll see you later Bye-bye. bye been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode for some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.